What is happiness to you? Mm. Happiness. When I think of somebody who's happy, I think there's multiple factors, obviously, that goes into that. First, I think the most obvious one that can influence people are their circumstances. So whether or not they're making money, have a job, you know, have the comforts that they desire. And I mean, you just think how quickly like the Wi-Fi goes out and how that just changes the entire household. No one's happy anymore. (laughs) Would you define happiness as like a, is it a temporary state of mental well-being? Is it a, is it completely circumstantial? Mm. Is it a, a point where all circumstances are favorable for you? Um, I mean, you can think of people being happy in the midst of a lot of bad things going on. I'm sure we've both known people that have maintained a level of happiness. How is it different from joy? Mm. You know, what's the defining characteristics of hap- of happiness versus versus joy? Do you think? Yeah, I, that's what I, I was going to get to, too. I think that there's the difference between a joy, which I would consider um, as something that, if based on the right things, is unchanging. Um, and it's where you go when happiness isn't working. <laughs> when things are bad and life isn't what you want it to be, you're not where you want it to be. Things aren't going well, whether you're going through tough times financially or in your marriage or with kids or, you know, whatever, you know, work, school. Happiness, I think, is is very, it can be very much based on circumstances. Um, but I also think that there are, there are things that, keep you at certain levels of happiness. So like when people say they're happy, I mean, most people, if they stop and think about it, if I've got clothes on my back, a roof over my head and food in my belly, I should be to a certain degree happy. Sure. And then you get another level when you go up and well, I've got a house, I've got a car that's my own. You know, you kind of get up a different level of happiness and, and you know, this is just the financial side. But, you know, as, as you advance in your career and you begin to see growth in uh, just the things you've invested in or, or the, the profession that you're in, um, then that gives you another level of happiness. And, and, and I don't think you fall below those happiness levels unless something major happens catastrophic yeah yeah and and then that's when i would characterize it as falling into depre- into depression because you're breaking all those levels of happiness that are not supposed to be broken because because of those things they help build up this sense and this level of happiness that that we can have uh, in our lives it- Here's how I think of happiness versus joy. Okay. 
is happiness being an emotional state, much like anger or rage or um, sadness, things like that, of, of happiness being one of those emotional states that you can dive in and out of rather quickly. I can be happy in the morning and I can be sad in the afternoon. Whereas I look at joy as, and this is my completely arbitrary definition, but you, I, I think of joy as more a state of being. Like I'm much like gratitude. It's more of a way that you live a life uh, that's, that extends beyond your day. You know, I have joy in all things or I have, you know, I am joyful something that needs to be built up mm. rather than a state to be in and out of almost like a journey. Yeah. Much like a journey, you know, you're not going to become joyful all of a sudden one day, yeah. you know, but you can cultivate joy. Whereas I don't know, I think because happiness is really circumstantial based and, and I think it's more of an emotional state. I think it's something that is going to be, you're never always going to be happy. Sure. I think most people would agree with that. You know, there's no person and boring would the person be that's always happy. You know, there's time for anger. There's time for sadness. There's time for grief. There's time for happiness. There's time for, you know, there's a time for everything. Mm -hmm. And, but I think part of being cultivating joy would be, more instances of happiness than less. You know, it's like the more in that slot you can be overall, the more joyful your life will be. You know, and how, how do we maximize that state of happiness? What would be some of the ways that you would say we can maximize the state of being happy? knowing that it's not going to be 100% of the time, nor do we want it to be. But say we want it to be, you know, 75% of the time. Yeah. So when I think of, like, I agree with what you're saying on, on the joy side, that it's a state of where you're at, uh, and it's a lot harder to change than happiness is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that it's a... It's one of those joy. I I would agree that it's it's the feeling deep inside you that you know no one else knows, mm -hmm. and and only you know. Am I truly joyful? Like, do I enjoy my life? Uh, because, um. Happiness, like you said, you can have a down day and then go to an amusement park, ride some roller coasters, and that feeling that you, you become happy because that that type of environment is created to make people happy. That's how they make money. <laughs> so it's people enjoy having happiness there, right? And so, but the joy is a, the deeper part of that, and and happiness is included in, in joy. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um. But it. 
but ultimately I think joy is built like you were saying kind of it 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 has everything to do with what you're basing your joy on um and and uh that goes somewhat to some things we've talked and discussed a little bit about before but the priorities that you're setting forth in your life the goals that you're wanting to achieve a lot of the times when we set those priorities and goals we aren't realizing that we're determining whether or not we're setting ourselves up to be joyful or have joy or not if we're giving ourselves unrealistic uh, expectations or goals set it we're setting ourselves up to be to not have joy and uh, because there is this huge sense of um, fulfillment and joy in seeing progression and improvement um, in our lives. And it's a, it's a major thing, too, that why I think that, you know, in the Bible, it's, it's very evident that the Christian life is not, all right, you, you get saved or, and then all of a sudden you're perfect, right? No, it's it's a journey. It's it's a growing process. It you know it, it uses examples in there about um, like a a young baby growing, and to think that it takes that process of time, and and I think that's a good example of joy too. Is is our joy starts in an infant stage, and there's goals we set. Well, in the beginning, you're not setting big goals for babies. It's like all right. So we can get her to make a noise, right? Without screaming, you know, <laughs> try to get them to smile, try to get them to walk, try to get them to talk, try to get them to be potty trained, try to, you know, and you got these steps and these milestones. And as they pass those milestones, it gives this sense of, okay, everything's okay because it's progressing. And I think that's kind of how our journey of joy, you know, uh, happens. So would you say that, so we can say that happiness is being sort of a, a temporary emotional state, something that can be modulated by day-to-day activities, whereas joy really can't happen without, let's say, at least two things, um, satisfaction of accomplishment and... Um, gratitude. Yeah. Like, can you have joy without those two things? And do you need something else? So if you, if you're looking at joy as the accomplishment of a linear progression, such as in child, childhood, I can see where you can apply that as a necessary function of, you could say a, an overall joyful life. Yeah. But I, I'd also think you have to have, I don't think you can have joy without gratitude. I think that's personally, I think it's kind of impossible. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, um, there has to be a balance there because if you set yourself goals and milestones in your life, in your career, in your Christian walk, you know, whatever it is, um, 
we tend to be very obsessive creatures. And so mm-hmm. we're going to focus on that and try to achieve that as soon and as quickly as possible. Um, and it never feels fast enough. And as soon as we accomplish a goal, there's the desire to just move on to the next goal. There's a reason those phone games are so addictive is because it takes you through a progression system and nobody, when they're, you know, deep into the game, stop and look back and think of themselves at the beginning of the game. You know, it's, you just don't really do that, but that that's almost a requirement to really have true joy is to see the journey and where you came from and who you are now. Uh, that that gives you such a deeper appreciation for where you are, and you know, f- I, I, it's hard though too because that can be painful as well. Because joy, it comes from fulfilling your goals, but when you lose your job, or your business goes under, or you know these these things that you do and these crazy things that happen all of a sudden looking back isn't probably a healthy thing to do at that moment because that's where you start to stare, you know, depression and things like that in the face because um, you see how far back you've gone now. You've spent all this time building up your joy and your life to set it up the way you want it to go. And then to see it fall and it knocks you back. Um, and uh, that's where I think the gratitude part comes in. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can, the, the happiness versus gr- joy thing, like you're not going to be happy in those times. You're just not. Nope. I mean, you lose your job. It's not a happy day unless, you know, you wanted to lose your job. Then maybe there are those circumstances. But. <laughs> the overall life satisfaction of that linear progression. Of course, there's going to be sadness along the way. You know, there's going to be sadness looking back just simply because of the, the death of chapters of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, the mourning of your childhood, the, the, you know, all these things that you experience and that you lose eventually along the way, but you are, if you are striving toward which, you know, a goal, if you're striving toward more than a goal, if you're striving toward a satisfactory life Mm -hmm. and you couple that with gratitude to get you through the, the hard times or the things that don't work out or the things that don't go the way you planned. And you can still be thankful for those things because they pointed you in the direction that you ultimately wanted to go even though you didn't know it at the time. Do you think primarily that's where we derive joy from, along with relationships? I mean, I think you can, a primary, uh, you know, a satisfying relationship is a primary component, I think, as well of, of joy. But it seems to me to boil down to primarily those two things. The satisfaction of doing something, whether it be having a relationship uh, that's fulfilling or, you know, accomplishing things in the, the material world that are satisfa- satisfying or fulfilling. And then the gratitude to 
overlook all of the failures and all those things that you traversed along the way. Am I missing something that you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that those are two main components because we're creatures that automatically compare ourselves to other things and other mm-hmm. people. And so our neighbor gets a new car. We notice it, you know, right. uh, or somebody gets a promotion at work. We notice it, you know, we, we, we see other people's advancement as well. Uh, whether we should look at that or not, we do. Um, and so when we advance, um, when we see others not advancing like we are, I think, like you said, that would fall under the, because that does bring a sense of accomplishment, a sense of, of joy. Um, when we advance. Yeah. When we advance yeah. and we're, we're seeing our, ourselves advance, you know, especially if we're, we look at people that we graduated high school with where they're at versus where we're at. You know, there's this sense of, well, I'm not like what they're doing, you know, <laughs> you know, and so there's, there's that, you know, sense there that I'm advancing. So there's that gratitude of that. I'm thankful. I'm not that far back that I have advanced. Um, but what if you are that far back? Yeah. What if you're the one that's, yeah. that, that hasn't advanced as much? Does that gratitude carry you through? Cause I mean, you're better off than somebody. Yeah, see, that's that's the one the one area I think where those two um, wouldn't carry you through with joy, and you know I'm uh, a a pastor, and so there's not you know I'm always going to go to spiritual and relationship with God somewhat because yeah, I think your it's relationship not- with God obviously if that's how you orient yourself is a fundamental source of joy. Yes, being the primary relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I I think that that falls under like you said relationships. However, I think it's it's one that can be the sole source of of joy, and and that's where um, I think there's a big um, argument or um, difference of opinion there because. I'm not saying people can't have joy outside of God. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 there. But at the same time, most of the people that truly build their joy on what they believe God wants them to do, that's... Those are the people I've seen their kids get cancer and they're still joyful. They're the people I've seen who like you look at their life and and you almost think they have to be crazy because they still have this joy with everything around them falling apart. And it's not to say that there's not people out that don't know God or don't have a relationship with God that don't get through those things. Sure. No. You know, when you're faced with those impossible situations, we we just rise up 
You know, you either rise up or you break down. That's what happens. But to see people go through the most awful of circumstances and still have that foundational joy and be able to still love life and still love what's going on and still finding the positives and still having having that that presence of joy and you know it it's it, it's not something you could fake you can tell when somebody's trying to be happy someone's trying to make themselves be positive um we can tell the difference and so yeah so do you think then and i would definitely say this is a very plausible addition to that do you think the divine hope is fundamental to this formula of joy have the because i mean anybody can have hope but you have to have a belief in the the transcendental what word am i looking for you you have to have a belief in the divine yeah in order to cultivate a divine hope which we would which would come from a relationship with god yeah is that the key ingredient then well i think it it comes down to joy joy is going to change according to what it's built upon and mm-hmm. so if it's built upon things that are circumstantial your joy is going to be circumstantial well it's going to just be a, a happiness yeah then. exactly you're either happy or you're yeah, not exactly. happy based upon how much money you have in the bank and that's why i think sometimes these two words get mixed up because some people all they've ever known is circumstantial joy or happiness and and so like the bible is very clear that god never changes and so if you build your happiness on something that's never changing or your joy i'm sorry your joy on something that's never changing then the, the joy doesn't change it's a and, bedrock. Yeah, it's a bedrock. It's set. It's not moving. And it doesn't mean you're always going to be happy, though. And that's the thing people misconstrue as well. They're, well, okay, you Christians say you have this eternal joy. Well, I see Christians all the time who hate their lives and act like their life is just the worst thing ever. and Miserable. And they're miserable, yeah, and all these things. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're building your joy on the Lord. You know, sure. And just because you claim to be a Christian, are you a Christian? Or and that's a whole nother, you know, you know, discussion there. But ultimately, when it comes to joy, if you want a joy that's the strongest joy I've ever seen, it's the joy that people build on in their relationship with God. And and for some, that's so foreign because they think, how can you build your joy on something you can't see? How how can you build your joy on something that there's no progression that you can see? And and all these things, you know, because these are the ingredients of joy outside of the Lord is, is milestones and journeys and, and self-improvement and all these things. And like I said, if you choose to go that path, there is joy there. And 
it's not to say that your life's just going to be miserable all the time. No, but from I, mine, yeah, go ahead. I don't think it's as, I mean, it might be foreign in a secular sense, but I don't think it's on a deeper level. I don't think it's really terribly hard to understand. I mean, you, when you place your belief in something that's bigger than everything else in the world, all encompassing, you know, the bedrock. Yeah. When you put your life in, you know, you devote your life to something much greater than anything here on this material earth. I think the stability of that makes complete sense. Yes. But then the question is, well, I think I've done that, but I still don't have joy. So how do, how do we, or how would you explain, how do I do that then? The progression of that is eternal. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's an unhittable mark. You know, you can get closer and closer and closer. You're never going to hit it because you're going to get better and better. It's like you can never become perfect, but you can continue to improve. And I think that continual improvement resonates in so many areas of life. You're never going to be the, you know, the most perfect physical form. You're never going to be the most perfect relationship, you know, a partner in a relationship. You're never going to be the most perfect businessman. You're never going to be the most perfect church member, but you can improve and you can improve that relationship. You can increase all of these things with effort. Um, you can improve and eternally improve your relationship with, with God. And that's where your joy grows, I yeah. think, and becomes deeper because you can always have joy if you know God and you have a relationship with him. There's always there's always joy there because when you understand the story of the Bible and of Jesus and everything that's encompassing in that and the love that is there, that brings joy. You can't stop that. However, when you put the Bible down and live life, we can forget about that sometimes. Sure. And, and so I feel like practicing the principles that are within that helps to make that joy stay on the forefront of our mind to stay the determining factor of whether or not I'm going to have joy or not. I think it's one of those things too, that's best left as a product yeah. rather as a, rather than a, a target. If you with certain knowledge, you know, okay, if I do these things, I'm going to have joy and leave it at that. Yeah. Instead of I'm going to try and attain joy, I know that if I do these things over here, if I build these relationships, if I live my life in accordance to these principles, then joy will be a product of it. And focusing on that rather than I want to be more joyful. And, and there are some people that want to, they're goal-oriented, and yeah. so they need to know, well, how do I enhance it? And, and there is a way to do that as well. And, 
and that is evident in that as well. But I agree with what you're saying. Some people are just, I don't have joy. I hate my life. I don't like the direction it's going. Something's happened. Something happened to me a long time ago that's affected me my whole life to where I've never, every time I'm alone, I feel sick and I don't, I don't want to be around me. I think the best remedy for that is to make sacrifices for others mm, yeah. and to continually build relations. I think if you build every relationship and you seek to strengthen every relationship in your life, including with God yeah. and other people, that joy will be a byproduct of that. And if you can take your focus off of yourself yeah. and orient it to others, that's got to be where you derive the most joy from. I don't think you can derive joy from living for yourself. Yeah, I guess a good example of that is I'm just thinking of Christmas, you know, and buying somebody a really nice gift that you know they're going to love. And so you buy this gift and you wrap it and you bring it to them and there's this just before they even open it, there's this excitement. Mm -hmm. There's this, I can't wait for them to see this. They're not going to believe what I did for them. And when they do and you see and it works out, sometimes it's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> We're not talking about that. <laughs> okay. We're talking about it hits the mark, right? And they're just like, no, you, I can't accept, you know, that type of reaction. How can you ever create that for yourself? I don't think you can. I don't either. You I can't. think that it's a pure... Yeah. Unadulterated joy that comes from that. Yeah. And, and that's something that just is, is special like that. And, and I think that's along with, with what you're saying is that there are certain things that you can only experience when you're trying to help somebody else, trying to make someone else happy, someone else joyful. Um, and, you can't experience it if all you're ever focusing on is yourself. So instead of saying that joy is a product of gratitude and satisfaction, should we say then that joy is a product of sacrifice and gratitude? Yeah, I think that's closer. I think that's closer too. What does it say? I think it's in the Beatitudes that if a man, I'm paraphrasing here, but if a man gives every, up everything, mm -hmm. he gains the world. Yeah. If he give us, gives up nothing, everything will be taken from him. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of resonates in this, this idea with me is if I give my all, to others, which if you give your all to God or the logos or whatever, however you want to describe that, if you, we would use the term sell out. Yeah. I don't like that term, yeah. but if, if you are a sold out person in which we would say you've dedicated your life to giving. Yeah. 
giving of your time, giving of your resources, giving of yourself to others, which like it or not, you are giving yourself to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, coupling that with gratitude for what you, you know, your circumstance in any given moment. That seems to be like a closer representation or a closer, not representation, but a closer formula for, you would say, maximizing joy. Does, yeah. that, does that resonate a little more? Yeah, definitely. And and you have to look at those, you know, sacrificing for others, everything that encompasses that. And then gratification, everything that encompasses that. Because not, those are... Not s- gratification. I'm, I'm sorry, not gratification. What? <laughs> gratitude? Gratitude, yes. Gratitude, yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so a lot of things fall under those um, subjects. So, so with gratitude, it's understanding where you were before this journey that you've made yourself take and understanding the better situation you're in um, as a result of divine intervention. What if you're in a worse situation? And if you're in a worse situation, understanding that the, the fact that no matter what happens in this world, if if I've given my my all to God and others, then my goal is to not look at myself at all. And to not consider yourself. Yeah, to not yeah. consider as even part of the equation. Exactly. Um, and because the more we empty ourselves the more effective we will be of um, being able to help others. Because here's, here's where we can mess up sometimes is that same illustration. We buy this really nice gift for someone else. We can't wait for them to open it. They open it and they didn't get us a gift. And instantly our joy is gone. <laughs> Or happiness. You think so? Yeah, some for some people. For some people. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm getting okay. to. Is we gave with an expectation of receiving. Yeah. And that's not the type of giving that is going to build joy. Because then your joy is determined on somebody else's um reaction or 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 actions that they do learning to enjoy and be fulfilled in um, giving or helping others just to do that, just to see their life being improved. Um, There's no sacrifice in the expectation. Yeah. It's not a sacrifice. Yeah, instead of expecting return, you know, something in return. And and that's the same with love, you know, in, in how we love others and love God and and so many people, they attach their own stipulations with their faith. 
Okay, God, I'll believe in you if. Okay, God, I'll follow you if. Okay, I'll believe in God if. And and those are those are strings that you're attaching to your faith. And you'll never truly experience true beautiful faith with when you attach these strings to it. It has to be like you said, a sold out, you know, desire to to do that. But who other than Jesus himself is even capable of unconditional sacrifice, unconditional love? I mean, is anyone really capable of that fully? It's something that has to be prepared for. It can't be a, like, so for example, again, the gift going into that. Everyone wants to receive a gift. I mean, who doesn't like gifts? Uh, and, and you know, we don't like the strings attached to gifts. Like, okay, if they got me something, now I have to get them. Okay, we, we can't stand that. But if if everyone said, all right, no strings attached, here's a gift. I mean, even if we're never going to use the thing, we're like, that's nice. You know, they thought about me. They thought about some situation, something personal that was, was with me. It was a thoughtful yeah. gift. and. And so there's this, there's this um, positivity that comes with that, whether you're ever going to open the gift even or not. You know, there's that, you know, satis- satisfaction, that, that joy, that happiness, that feeling of, that's nice, right? Um, but, but so often we, we can't help attacks attach strings to things and some of it i think is is culturally i mean and in society it's like well if you get a gift it's expected that you give a gift back right there's these rules that society puts in place and so you see these principles in the bible and they don't make sense because we were brought up with a different expectation a different um a different way of doing things. And even though they might not necessarily be bad things, they're not going to produce that same joy as what the Bible teaches because we're still, we're not doing it God's way. Now we're doing it man's way. I think it's human nature. Yeah. I don't even think it's a, I mean, there are societal elements to it. Yeah. But I think the tit for tat, idea is is really baked into the human existence and i think that's why we look at unconditional acts as so divine yeah you know they really are uncomprehendable as 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 humanity and when we get to experience that because i think it's possible that we can experience it and do it, you know, on a person to person level yep. that it's so incredible, Yeah, especially when you get to be the one giving, but also the one receiving when you, when you receive something that you cannot even come close to matching or repaying, you know, there's nothing you can do that that's very, it's a lot deeper than. I get you a Christmas gift for $50. You get me a Christmas yeah. gift for $50. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's because it is, it's, and it's unconditional, you know, let's assume it's unconditional, you know, say I write you a check, not that I could do this, (laughs) but I write you a check for a million dollars. Yeah. I say, you know, I want you to have this, you know, it's gives, brings me joy. I know it's going to help you out. You can't repay that in any like fashion. Yeah. There's no way. That to me is a lot more representative of this unconditional love. Yeah. And I think it's why it's so powerful to, you know, I've read many books and studied very successful people my whole life, usually with the intent to emulate in some fashion. <laughs> um, but one of the key aspects to parentally successful rich people is philanthropy. I don't think it's possible. I mean, it's possible on paper, but I don't think it's possible in a spiritual or human sense that you can amass a great amount of wealth and not give it away and have joy. I think it's the only way you can buy joy. Fundamentally. I don't think there's any other way to You either buy it with time or you can buy it with money, Mm. right? You can buy it with time and cultivating relationships and living your life to maximize it. Like we've already discussed or you can, if you have the, the resources, you can, you know, buy your way essentially by giving unconditionally. And I think that's, I mean, it's a huge reason why we're commanded in the scriptures to give. You know, it's like the first thing you should do yeah. is to give. Yeah, and that's and that's one thing where we miss the mark as Christians a lot too, and I'm guilty of this, but is that verse that says being a cheerful giver, yeah, not begrudgingly or of necessity, and it says God loves a cheerful giver, and but the but but how often do we give, not begrudgingly, not thinking, oh, I gotta. I could do a lot with this money, you know, I could, I could think of a lot of things I could do with this money, you know, and, or, um, well, I have to give cause look what all God's given me, you know, yeah. and, and not having that mindset, but instead thinking deeper and understanding that this is a way I get to worship God. Like this is a way that I get to show, show myself that he's more important to me than money. I think it is all about you. Yeah. God doesn't need your money. Yep. You know, I mean, any, any religion you espouse, they don't need your money. Yeah. And God's all knowing. He knows where you're at. Yeah. It's a personal thing. It's a, it's a really a spiritual thing of, okay, I'm going to sacrifice, make this sacrifice in gratitude and I, in return, I'm going to receive satisfaction and joy. Yeah. And, and and it does build joy because 
as you see your church grow, you see things that you love happening around you, whether it's you see your kids learning verses or you see your kids being nice to other kids and you see corrections happening in where you, uh, of things that you were worried about, you know, what, whatever it is that you see happen, you know that you are a part of that, that it, without, without you all coming together and in obedience and in gratitude, investing in this local thing that these specific cases would not have happened. Uh, sure. I mean, you could apply that to anything that you donate to. Yeah. Right. Anything you donate to, one of the fundamental axioms of the scriptures is where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yep. If I write a check and donate a million dollars to uh, my alma mater, I'm going to be invested in that. Yep. I'm going to have an interest in it. You know, and hopefully that's an unconditional interest. Most of the time it's not. Yeah. But I think it's a deep thing why. Because it's really a fight against human nature. Yeah, all of this is is a transcendental fight against our our flesh. Yeah, our our human nature of yeah. keeping all you can. Yeah, you know, amassing as much as you can, living as comfortably as you can, and yeah. eschewing all these sacrifice sacrificial methods of. But it's like I go back to the if you sacrifice everything you'll gain the world mm -hmm. and i think that's fundamentally true in the sense that i hate i always seem to get into these hippie <laughs> go back to these hippie axioms but it's like if you put good vibes in the world yeah you're going to receive good vibes yeah or i think we talked about before this karma thing yeah. you know it's like okay so these are all just various translations of the same principle here yeah. okay if I give and I give as much as I can, it will return again to me. The yeah. principle of sowing and reaping yeah. it will return to me. It may not return to me in the form of what I give, yeah. but it will return to me in joy. It will return to me in satisfaction. It will return to me in sometimes happiness. Yeah. It will return to me in success it will return to me in um gratitude yeah. it will re all these different things i can count on a return in various forms yeah and it's interesting because god knows us and so he knew there were going to be some that could hardly give pennies. Right. And he knew there were going to be some that could give so much. Well, the amount doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is he sees in percentages. Yeah. This is something I've been chewing on for a while, but it's, there's a reason he sees in percentages because he knows if a millionaire came into the church, I mean, multi-millionaire we're talking, he donates a million dollars. Everyone's going to worship the ground he's walking on and basically like in thankfulness like i can't look at how great this guy is but that might be a small not even one percent of his wealth sure and 
So here, here's, here's what happens is he gives so little and yet gains so much for this. And God's saying, you're giving not for me then. You're not giving for you. You're giving to be seen of men. Is it, is it then truly a, for it to be unadulterated, does it have to be a sacrifice? Yeah, and I think that's what, if you ask that same man, what, I mean, can you imagine a pastor sitting down to a guy that's like, I want to give the church a million dollars. And the pastor says, no, thank you. But here's what I, here's what God does say to do. Give 10% of all the money that you've ever made. Your increase. Yeah. And, and well, and, and in his case, if he'd never been to church, you know, never given to church or anything, 10%, that'd be 10% of his wealth. And he would just look at you as ungrateful, you know, because this is, this is the world's mentality is that, that, well, any gift they should be happy and thankful for. And churches are like, like I said, the people are, but that's, absolutely, but that's not how God sees. God says, no, no, no. Here's, here's a very important thing you need to understand is that in order for you to make sure that you are not controlled by your money, here's the percentage I want you to understand. So it's a personal thing. Yeah. It's got to be personal. And it's got to be pure. That's the, yeah. that's the thing is it's got to be, and that's goes back to the joy thing. Like if you're giving, wanting things in return, if you're giving to look, look to other people, like you're a giver, you know, if it's all about receiving, whether it be something in return or receiving, uh, other people's praise or a feeling like that, it, your, the purpose of giving is so much more important than the actual gift, than what you're doing. So in closing, yes, here's my interpretation. All right, let's sum it up. In order to maximize happiness and joy, yes, comes down to sacrificing of yourself in all aspects of life especially relationships and cultivating gratitude for what you have been given so that you can give so that you can give and and, and remembering all that you've been given that's so yeah. that's so vital to the picture of joy given uh, it shall be given unto you yeah. pressed down shaken yeah. together running over shall be given to you yeah yeah well, that's good stuff it is All right.